Hey y'all, my name is Corey and I'm here with my wife Shauna. We are the hosts of the Us First That podcast. Join the conversation. Welcome back to the Us First That podcast. Hey, everyone. How are you? We are happy to be back, but definitely feeling this low energy still, even from last week. How yeah. are you feeling? Yeah, I think we're both kind of coming over just another allergy season <laughs> slash, you know, I, who knows if we it's even legal to say if we have a cold anymore. <laughs> you, you know right right like who knows how people feel about that but you know i'll be in a little little more tired a little more like coming into that allergy season when we were in oklahoma we got hit with warm wet weather and like the trees were budding so we like got hit with allergies there and we we're down by the ocean and then moving back inland it's just different pollen so low energy because the world's wild on top of just natural reasoning of why it's beating us up on top of, you know, traveling for a year, you know, I think that, that at some point starts to land a little bit differently when you start like being around people that aren't necessarily travelers. Yeah. I think when we got to San Diego, we were definitely surprised, um, because we just assumed most of the people that we were around or other people that were traveling or living this lifestyle, that they were traveling to the same capacity that we were. And being in How San... naive, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Of course. But being in San Diego, we really realized a lot of people like live out of their vehicles and then they just stay here. Um, and, and they have family and they have their normal lives and their normal jobs and... Um, so I, I definitely felt a little shocked by just realizing like, oh, like not everyone's doing it this way. And like actually realizing that we are full time travelers. We've been full time out of this van since really this time last year. And yeah, it's just it's it's really crazy to kind of see how much has changed and evolved um and also just to see how we change and evolve with it um yeah and really the i think the biggest reason why some of that is just shocking um like yeah we get that not everybody travels right not everybody travels the way um we would assume they do because of their living situation right so like and i'd say we're we're speaking kind of more specifically to like the tiny, if you want the, the tiny community, the, the smaller, like, well, I don't know. It, it was more shocking for me seeing buses, like people choosing to live in buses like schoolies, um, or 
like mobile tiny homes, but not. What do you like? What was shocking about it? Kind of, kind of forgetting that like the trailer, like the fifth wheel trailers, like those big complexes we saw in Arizona where it was just like hundreds of fifth wheel trailers and people wintering there. That's their winter home, but it's like a big part. It's just a massive, massive parking lot filled with nothing but fifth wheel trailers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Those aren't going to leave for four or five months. Right. They might travel or go visit out of there, but that home base for them does not leave. Yeah. Our home base is mobile. Yeah. That I think that's the difference that I started seeing, especially after Tiny Fest with... Um, you know, people that have property in San Diego or families that have property or land and choosing to go an alternative style of living on that section of land, like kind of blew me away. But also last night when we were discussing it, um, with Lindsay, it was like, well, duh, well, duh. If Wisconsin's weather was San Diego weather and you know, my family has acreage. Yeah. Why would I leave? Yeah. Well, I do think like the, the big piece is you're, you're seeing, right. We're traveling, we're experiencing and we're in the communities. And when we were in Wisconsin, there, there wasn't the community or we weren't connected to the community. And so you felt more, it felt more polarizing, right? Because you felt like you were sort of on this island because there weren't other people around you to kind of understand what you were going through. Um, not not in like even an emotional way, but just people that are living a normal life aren't going to feel as connected to the travel lifestyle that we have. But I do think it's also the the topic of today's discussion is just like, getting grounded and what that is and what that actually, um, feels like. Um, and we've been discussing this a lot because over the last few days, what have we been here? I don't know, a week? Yeah, a few days. Yeah, a few days. We've been staying, um, parked outside of our friends who have a tiny home and their tiny home is beautiful. And we are just so grateful that we've been able to stay here. Um, but I am, definitely feeling and by tiny home it's three it's 300 square feet yep um with a loft bedroom um and to kind of put it into perspective to to people that um don't know much about our space or um the other tiny living situations out there going from 60 to 300 makes it feel like a mansion yeah yeah, it really does. It it's a it's a vastly different experience going from sixty square feet to three hundred square feet. But you know, it's for me, it's not the space. That's what's also interesting is it's not the space in the tiny home that's making me want. Because I, what I feel is happening is like I am truly missing or desiring for some sense of groundedness. What is that? And groundedness, I would get, so for me, grounding, being able to feel like I have roots somewhere, um, 
yes, we've had to try to make the van feel that way. And there have been places along our travels that we've been able to kind of ground in, like when we were in Key West for a while, um, when we were in Lake Havasu, like you're there long enough that you, you know, you start to feel like, okay, I can make this work. I've, I am adjusting and I'm able to kind of make this function. But being outside of someone else's tiny home is making me really aware of how not grounded sometimes the van can feel simply because we're we're getting to be around their amenities, right? Like we got to take a nice shower. I got to take a bath. That was probably the most amazing moment of self-care that I've had in a really long time. And so when you're having that, it makes, for me, it's feeling hard again to leave it. And we can't live at these people's house, right? <laughs> like we can't live here forever. And we know that, um, we felt, I felt this feeling when we were back in Wisconsin and I felt it in a lot of our travels. I felt it when we left Louisiana. Um, because when you get comfortable somewhere, I feel the, the discomfort of living on the road starts to become a little bit more obvious. Um, and it's not, it's not that I want to be done. It's not that, um, you know, it's not that I don't think that we can do this. It's just when you realize that we don't have roots, you know, we really don't, we could go home, right? And our families are there and our parents are there, but like, that's still their home. Like we don't, we're in our thirties. We're not going to go live with our parents again. <laughs> um, so you know what I'm saying is that it, it just doesn't. Culturally, why not? Yeah. You know, why not? I, I'm, I'm over that now. I'm, I'm going to put my foot down on that right now. I, I think we have made a mistake having to chase down our own property, like not us personally, but this idea that we have to chase down our own property and work our ass off and slave away for somebody else's dollars to earn a mortgage payment that grounds you quote unquote, grounds you to a space for 35 plus years, hoping things go well and hoping you don't have to lose your job and hoping you don't get fired. Hope like all these things that you're hoping for, you're just rolling the dice when, you know what? Our families do have houses and our, you know, there are ways to work around that. And I know I, I can hear my parents listening to this now just being like, you're never moving back in again. I, I understand, but after talking with our friends about um, a lot of these rule change, uh, um, law changes that are happening in these cities, taking these single family homes and being able to put five or six tiny homes on them to be able to get people off the street and kind of rent out these tiny homes and spaces like that, it's really made me look at my future with my family in what in their home. Yeah. You know, cause I think it's for me, I'm having a vastly different experience about grounding and leaving or leaving a spot. Once we stick around for more than a few days, um, for me, it's easy. Yeah. I, I enjoy pulling away because mm -hmm. I like that. What's down the highway again, like growing up, driving together, you know, we, we've put on hundreds of thousands of miles. I'd probably say 200,000 miles driving together. Oh yeah. And our 
16 years you know sure. i had that we that put honda, on 30 well, just from the vehicle i bought the honda with, the i got the honda with 200,000 miles on it i sold it and got rid of it with 315 <laughs> then i bought another one that had 300 or no sorry um had, well, i know but the point like racking up the miles and just knowing what we've done this year driving like i love driving with you yeah so like pulling away like what makes me feel home is like turning the radio on and singing a song and smiling and seeing something new and tapping you on the shoulder be like oh look at that ah like being that kid again is where i feel grounded in what we're doing yeah it gets tricky when you're outside of someone's home a grounded place a place that's not mobile and you're stepping out of your van yeah and you're in you're still you're living in, in a van yeah that's, around houses around people that are not yeah. living in a van it's different when we're on the beach it's different when we're in the mountains it's it's different when we're in the desert because we step out and our yard is the beach or the yeah where we're in town yeah, right now and that's where i feel very like unstable in that where it's like man i don't enjoy having like having the the fences around me there's fences at every house and there's gates everywhere and i know there's reasons why they have them here but also like i see that and it makes me feel very very closed off and yeah. very boxed into the van yeah you know and i think mine um i think mine comes well mine is definitely coming from not having somewhere to go like all most of our travels thus far have we've had plans right we kind of knew roughly what we were going to do and i would say the feeling that i'm having or experiencing right now is very similar to the feeling and and actually a little less intense now but what i was experiencing when we left our friends mark and marissa in louisiana because when we were there, we realized, wow, we really don't have any other friends to see in our travels. Real, I mean, we do, but it was going to be a while. Yeah. A while. I remember the line. It was, hey, just so you know, there's no, we are, this is our last, ah, well, how did I say it? I'm so sorry. The, these are the last people we know, the farthest south and the farthest west. Like, from this point on, it's us. Yeah. Like it's the people that we meet, the connections we make, and that's that's that. Well, you know, and there's that... no there's no old fallbacks to be like, hey, could you help out? And that's not what Mark and Marissa or any of these other stops were. No, but, but... It, it brings up that feeling. And I was, they were so it felt so safe, right? So safe and comfortable, and we had fun, and we were just like catching up, and it was amazing. Oh, was so so that. That contrast of how good it was to, holy shit, we have nowhere to go, like, is really challenging for me. And then what happened is, of course, we left their house and we just ended up having the most amazing experience being able to just, it was really trusting that the unknown, right? It's the fear of the unknown. And that's what I'm now experiencing again because we knew we were coming to San Diego. And so really since February 
ish, maybe like beginning of March. We knew we had to be in San Diego. We've been here much longer than we anticipated or thought. But also, there's nowhere set for us to go next. And I'm realizing like when I don't have that, it really starts to just hit this this pain of of mine and I it's just this like not feeling like you belong anywhere Mm. you know like not feeling like we have somewhere to go or somewhere to be which is which is and what would what comes from having a space that you're grounded in at least that's how I'm seeing it is like even if we had land in Wisconsin that was ours I don't think the feeling that I would have would be so intense because I know that we have somewhere to go back to where right now I'm like, we have nowhere to go. And so we don't belong. And, and that is the, that's the, the pain point I'm feeling currently. Could could I offer you just a small change in that? And kind of, I was struggling with that leaving Havasu. Mm. Like Havasu is awesome. Like, that was really cool. Um, it was a cool experience. It, it We definitely needed to leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, we needed to go. It was time. Definitely time. Now, like, Sedona kind of felt that way for me. I was like, man, we, we've got nowhere to go. And it and it started sounding like, woe is me. Yeah. I don't have nowhere to go. And and like that like pouty voice I made fun of myself in my head and kind of was like, dude, what are you crying for? And not speaking to you on that, but me yeah. personally, it turned to, why don't you just be happy that you have no place to be mm. and wherever you want to be, when you want to be there, you get to be there then. And that's what you're doing this for. You're doing this because you were always told where to be. You were told when to be there. You were told to get it done in this amount of time. You were told that you only get this amount of days off if you work this amount. And you were told everything. I am no longer told. And we know that because I've asked you, like, please don't tell me. Don't tell me that. You know, you can ask me and we can discuss it. And But being told puts me right back into that place of man I feel I've like you're you're, you're caging me you're caging me back in and I understand at some point I'm going to have to really wrestle with this because I want to have a family and do I think that families that travel full time make it work and and are wonderful I I can only imagine same thing as families that stay in a spot and, and raise children there. And cause that's how I was raised. And to be honest with you, I loved where I grew up. I loved how I grew up. Yeah. We did definitely have it pretty good, you know, but just the idea of you saying like having a spot to go back to my guts twisted in a knot. Like, what do you mean a spot? Like Thanks. we've got friends there. <laughs> like, I could call my dad right now and be and be like, hey man, do you mind if I just like pull behind the barn? That's a, that's the spot. You know, that that's one of the best spots in the county. Yeah, but I think it's it's not our spot. I, you know, and I think there's that. So is it It's like this 
it's not like failure, but it feels sometimes like failure. Like, well, we didn't, we didn't do, we didn't do the path or follow the path that we've been told to do. When you say failure, could you speak to like, like a, 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 a more I'm, specific speak? I'm feeling like our van is amazing. Like we have had the ability to do so much and see so much. Um, there's also been a ton of learning, a ton of personal growth, a ton of teaching and educating and holding space for other people to work through what they're going through at the same time as they've held space for us. So it's not, you know, it's not like it's not a give and take situation, but it has definitely been a lot of, a lot of giving. Um, so I'm, I'm certain that part of it is just feeling worn out and tired and, um, mm. but at the same time, like going home right now, I know is not, is not the move, but there is this part of me that's like, what if we just fly home? And we go hug our family, you know, like, I then we can fly right back. And, you know, I'm, I miss, <laughs> yeah, right. I miss that. And we had such an amazing summer last year with our family, which we haven't had in a really long time. Um, so I think like when we're leaving places, yeah, totally different experience on my end, Okay, by the well, way. No, fine. I know. I'm just showing the, the. The separation there of like, yes, there were things that were... And I was ready to go yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. was ready to go. Um, but I think sometimes like it is this constant battle of realizing we are choosing. We are choosing this. We are choosing mm -hmm. to be away from family. We are choosing to do it a little bit harder. We are choosing this small space and... And then there's that part of me that's like, but also this groundedness would feel so good, you know? But again, that for me feels like an illusion, you know? It's not, it's not real because true safety, like it's coming from within this sense of peace comes from within. And I know that, um, but yeah, just, I don't know, being around the tiny home is like, I can, I can start to see our our life, you know, like we've talked about having a container home and we've been talking about babies a lot more. And so there is just this, this shift a little bit that's happening. That's like, oh, wow. Like that part of our life is also really exciting and would be exciting. And not that I feel ready for it this moment, yeah. but it, de it definitely feels like I'm getting some, some breadcrumbs of like, okay, maybe, maybe that would be here sooner than yeah. we thought. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I I get that. I'm I'm cautious of the quote unquote spiritual trickster on this one. Um anytime I feel like my sense of groundedness is coming from a home base space or um or if I try to play out the idea of not being in the van for six months, you know, because yeah. we, we've discussed this, like, 
this this will never not be a thing for us. Yeah. Especially for, and I'll I could say for me or for you, like we will always have something along these lines. Like it's it's once you know, you can't unknow. Yeah. Um, but I'm cautious because we're going for it now. You know, like we're going for it. We're we're giving it our all yeah there is no there is no pulling a parachute there is zero safety net there the, well there the, would be <laughs> that safety net would be going home you know what i mean and i i think we know that and maybe that's where this is coming from is the it's the fear of the change fear of having to put ourselves out there yeah know? and to be honest with you, I think the reason like being around the home starts to feel like, oh man, I miss this is because I feel like we're on the cusp. Like we're on the edge. We're, we're right there. We're walking up to, to it and we have to jump. Yeah. Like, and we, we haven't jumped yet and we're, we're not. We've jumped. I think mm. we've had to jump at different but, phases of our trap. Like Mark and Marissa yeah, but, leaving their house though. That was a jump. But the the things that would make us feel or make me feel quote unquote grounded only come from being, again, successful in our endeavors. Yeah. That's all that is because all of that stuff is, it, it takes money. The things that would make me feel grounded take money. And yeah. that means I was successful. I succeeded in my journey. I succeeded in my endeavor that like we, we set forth to do. Right. So the groundedness comes from feeling like we did it. <laughs> we act like we did it. Yeah. You know? So like, I'm cautious of that because then it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's taking you to a place that you don't have yet. Yeah. You're not there yet. You need to stay here. And you need to be in this because the only way you get there is to remain here. Right. You know, like let, let that happen. It will happen. Yeah. It does, yeah, yeah. No. And I think to circle back, I had mentioned like the fear of like failing. And so it's, you know, you're, you're saying the exact same thing. It's just the the feeling like failure is you're right. These things that we want, those, these things that we desire that we need money to be able to do them. And over the last year we have been tirelessly building these businesses and, you know, trying to figure out how we were going to be able to do this. And now with the journal, you know, almost ready for like creation, it's pretty much like been, it's just like gotten to grow with us and, and grow through our travels and through this experience. Um, and I do think across the country, by the way, yeah, that is... is the coolest part. And it's cool because I've applied it to my family directly mm. already. Yeah. And if you, you don't, know. if you don't know yet, uh, Corey and I just launched a mindfulness and cannabis company called Altered, A-L-T-A-R-E-D, um, Altered Brand on Instagram. And um, alteredbrand.com. 
And basically what we have come up with is I have, I have struggled with the coaching industry for a while, um, because I have not felt that coaching has been accessible or affordable, um, for people. And it has, it has had this market and it has continued to be marketed to the people that have and, and the have nots. And when I started coaching or I had been introduced to coaching and open-ended questions and, and, and what that was, I could not, I could not believe that no one had taught me these skills because they are teachable skills and they are questions that everybody should be able to have and have access to um, because this is for our, you know, emotional maintenance like we talked about last, last week. Um, and so being able to really practice what we preach with this journal and with the teachings that were, you know, the, the process, um, has been so amazing to like actually have to do it in person. Right. Yeah. Because we are practicing this with all the people that we meet unintentionally. Like, it's not like we're doing it to try to have, you know, these experiences. This is just what has been working for us and what is helping us work through this shit that's coming up because it does. It's not like it just goes away. It's yeah. just now I know how to handle these emotions that are coming up and I recognize them and am able to see, okay, where is this coming from and why is it bothering me so much and, and what do I need in order to be able to like operate through that? Yeah. Um, but also, I think there's like this pressure of, okay, now we're at the stage of it's time to get this out. Like it is time to, we, we've been talking to people about it and talking to lots of people about it, but actually getting it down, being able to show people, being able to let people try the journal. Here's the teachings. This is who we are. This is what we offer. That is fucking scary. It's scary. And it's, also amazing because we recognize that this is working for us and it sounds like it's working for some a lot of the people that we've met um but that's also having to put ourselves out there and so yeah, 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 this yeah. sense of not being grounded is like well if i can blame it on that yeah <laughs> well there it is yep yeah. there it is yeah. And I don't, yeah, it's like, it's fear. It's the fear of change, fear of the unknown. What are people going to think? And this, these are wounds of mine that have been here for a, a long time. Just call it high school shit. Yeah. What are people going to think? Yeah. You know, like. But I, it's, I, it's also real. Yeah, and, of, co of course. And people and are It doesn't go away unless you. Look at it. Look at it. And, you know, I, I agree. I, first I will say. High dollar coaches, whether whatever coaching slot you fall into, whether it's um, marital to business to physical to mental coaches to wherever they are, if, if high dollar coaches, I see you. Good for you. Yeah. 
You earned it. You earned it. You earned the ability to to show that that is what your time is worth. And good for you. Good for you. Um, And there's also the, the barrier to entry can be pretty pretty high yeah but it also one of our friends had said like you can't afford not to pay that person like you can't afford not to pay them yeah like you need you need what they are offering right and and more than you need that money and i didn't let that really sit in until um I was sitting, uh, we were still in Havasu and it was one of the only times that me and Nicole were like on top of her bus. Sun was just kind of going down. It was like that quiet night where it's like the bus is off limits and we were sitting up there chatting and she had said something along the lines of like, people need to hear what you have to say. People need to hear it, whether you think so or not. Like you don't hear you all the time but people need to hear that. And then like two days after that, we were having another discussion and some, I don't know, I I got frustrated at somebody or did something happen? I was like, Hey, look, this isn't a game to me. Like I eat, sleep and breathe and live this shit. Like I'm, I'm doing my own personal work when I'm supposed to be trying to like turn my brain off and calm down. Like, I can't stop it at this point. And it hurts. Like, it's a scary thing when you're like, man, I can't unsee certain things about myself. You know? But really, like, eat, sleeping, and breathing it, and living it, and then sharing it all the way from, yeah, across the damn country now. And then to be in San Diego talking with people and those little slices of validation. Yeah. Um, when you're willing to notice them. When you don't know who you're talking to. And you're being truly authentic. And you're being your authentic self. And you're living. Oh, I don't like saying it like this. Again. Uh, when you're living your truth. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. So, I, the woo-woo's gone. Yeah. No. Ugh. I just don't, I don't like the, like, living your... Tr- How would you say it then? Because we need, we have a lot of men that aren't going to resonate with that. So what, what um, is it? Unapologetically, oh, you unapologetically carry yourself through your time and space while also being overly empathetic to other people's experience around yours. Like you're, you know how you impact everything you come in contact with. You may not know it now, but when you do, when you do, yeah, that is how I would kind of say that because again, like define truth, you know, like where do we want to break this down? And unfortunately certain key phrases get twisted. I'm living my truth and yeah, but sometimes you're just being a jerk And you're saying that. And that's unacceptable in public parlance. Like, that's not okay to be. Like, you don't need to be mean. You don't need to be rude to someone you don't know because that's your truth. Like, maybe they just don't know. And because you know, 
Now you're the problem. You're being mean because you're not stewarding another person, another human. You're not helping. You're just hurting the problem. And you didn't make an advocate of anything. What you just did was build another wall because someone can't see past that experience. That's why I hear truth and go or live your truth and just like, bah, I almost spit up because I've seen people say stuff like that to people where it's like, yo, if I spoke to my mom that way, she would have smacked me. Like there is no way you talk to people that way. But again, I, that's a weird little tangent. On, but yeah. I, um, I don't know. Sorry about that. No, I, I think like, yeah, I mean, it, even just to come back to the journal is, this is, we have everything, it has evolved and changed and shifted through the travels. And over the last week, we have now really narrowed it down to, it is awareness through cannabis. Awareness is the the number one word that we have heard over the last year. Oh, now that I'm I'm just aware, awareness, awareness, aware, aware, aware. I wasn't aware before, but, but I'm aware I, now. Yeah, and that was the one that blew me and away. And I remember when I first felt like I woke up and was like new to awareness. It was shocking to me. It was shocking to my system. It was like, what is happening? What do I? What? Why am I thinking now? Like all of a sudden, why can I hear myself? Like it was very uncomfortable and different. And now in the last six years, I have really been coaching on all of these things. I just wasn't wearing that coaching proudly. I wasn't confident in what I was offering and in who I was. But now it's also like, holy shit, I know how to help people. I actually know exactly how to help people. And that is a really weird shift as well because, you know, I don't want to feel cocky. I don't want to feel like I'm, you know, you know, it's, it's the Shauna show, but it's not. Yeah. You truly truly stepped into something you're trying to teach is be the expert of your own experience. And that's truly like, truly what this is, is over the last year, we have become the experts of our own experience. And what I mean by that is you have to know, you have to to know and you will have to know your own emotional structures, history, experiences. And yes, this journal is going to allow, it's going to teach you how to do it, number one, because this is what I've found in the industry as well, is here, buy this program for me And I will show you exactly how I did it for me. And then you can just emulate that and then you can do it that way. And, and then what happens is you're emulating someone else's system. So you're not making any money because guess what? It's not you. It has nothing to do with you and your needs or your business needs or your family needs or relationship needs. It is about what that person is telling you to do. And 
what I have understood. To their own standards. Yes. To their own ideas. And again, that sounds really crazy as we develop yeah. something like this. But, but we I, kept that in the forefront. And I have always, yeah. always taught it is you. What do you need? What what is it about you that needs changing? What is it about you that needs fixing? What is it about that reaction? Why did you have that reaction? It has nothing to do with someone else. And the reason that I've had to, I have become the expert in that is because I have spent my entire fucking life looking outside of myself for every goddamn answer. Everything. What to wear, what to eat, what to dress, how to lose weight, how to run a business, how to have a successful marriage, like everything. Looking outside of someone else to assume that they know better than I do. So what is underneath that is, Shauna, you can't trust yourself. Shauna, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. But what was happening is I don't know was just the surface level thought. Instantly, I just would go, oh, I don't know. So I'd look for someone else. Well, I don't know, so they must know. But really what was happening is I was so disconnected from self that I, I, I was willing to find answers from anybody that I just assumed they would know more than I would. And if you are in that spot right now, it is okay. It is okay. With, every, with everything that's been said in the last d discussing coaching and, and, and kind of how we've decided to present things and what we've seen, it is okay. It is okay to feel exactly what you're feeling right now. And I encourage you to feel it more. Feel it Do harder. not turn that feeling off. Turn that feeling up. Turn the volume up to 10 and understand what that noise is. Yeah. Like really try to understand it. Ask it questions. And I know this is tricky and it's tough and it's scary. And this is where I believe in coaching in coaches, like the best athletes in the world have professional coaches behind them. You know, yeah. it's, it, it, it's, well, they, you, they, you don't know what you don't know. Starting right where you are, right where you are. It is just starting. Yeah. It, it is just starting and it is the absolutely hardest part. And then it's starting again. And then, and then it's starting, starting again. again. And that's the that's another issue. Is every that like, single day starting again. And in every single moment starting again. Like you always have a choice. You always have a choice. So it's start where you are. Where are you right now? Where are you right now? And how do you what do you need to do in order to get mm. where you need to be? I would love to share a story where this is it, it happened recently and it was it was a full blown, I had to start where I was reset. I was walking the dog back from the target. Um, it's like a 500 yard walk, um, to a spot where I've been taking Willie to go to the bathroom and, um, the homeless population where we're at is, um, fairly high. Um, that's not really a secret for Southern California. Um, so we kind of really aware of that. And when I was walking Willie, um, there was a guy that 
I saw come out of a section of like bushes where he had clearly set up um, a, a dwelling or he was trying to dwell there. Um, and he ran across the street and I noticed him run across the street and he had said something. And as he got halfway through, I'd said like, Hey man, to like acknowledge, like, I see you from 30 yards away. Like, Hey man, what's up? And he started calling Willie, like calling to the dog. And I was like, Hey man, I'm trying to get my dog to go to the bathroom. Please don't, don't, you don't need to call my dog and distract her please like just just mind your day and he kept walking over and I, I'd said like hey I'm this this is really inappropriate I, d I don't have anything I'm really sorry I'm just walking my dog and it was very very clear that there was um, some mental health issues and in a disconnect going on in that moment um, he walked away went back across the street and when I turned around to walk Willie back he ran back towards me with my back turned. He ran back towards me. And by the time I turned and looked back around, he was probably 25 yards. And I heard him because he was calling Willie and yelling at me that that wasn't my dog. Right. So when we got closer to this, um, our, our van, it was instant flashback to like Nashville for me. It was walking home at night. It was cutting through the alleys, which I always did in Nashville. Um, I don't always recommend, but I did. Um, and the defensiveness of me stepped in. It was, I'm about to let go of my dog and defend myself. Like I, it was this weird, weird thing where my, my head went right back to, am I going to like, what is going on? And I raised my voice and I knew there was some houses around. So I just like stepped into somebody else's yard and I, and that person was outside. And right at that moment, I stopped and was like, this, you are safe. I didn't know that. But like in that moment, my panic was so high. The only thing to bring me back was, all right, what's going on? Are you safe currently? Can you handle this? What What's to your left? What's to your right? Are there people here? Where's the house? Where's Shauna? Where's XYZ? But that moment of space that I created by being like, all right, start here. Yeah. Like game on, start here. It allowed me enough time to calm back down. So one, I didn't make bad choices. I didn't overreact in a way that got me or someone else hurt, you know, um, yeah, it, it was this strange, strange piece of like bubbling up old, like old feelings of being walked behind and chased and, you know, that, that type of thing. And then also remembering I can just like take a breath. Yeah. I have that. I have that space. Yeah. I have that space to breathe. I have that space not to panic. And that start where I was, if I didn't know that in my head, my panic would have led to probably a really bad situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think the, this, the start where you are is also like step one to awareness. You know, you're experiencing it now as 
someone who has more experience, right? Because now you've understood this process, you're, you're using this process. And, and really what, what we are teaching is this intentional inner dialogue. And that's what the first 17 or 20 episodes of this podcast is. It is truly, what was that? That was blank. Where did it come from? And is it mine? So same thing of in that moment, that that's the other pieces. Now we have start where you are, expert of your own experience, understanding the shadow. Like these, this is the process and they work together at the same time. And so you experiencing that, that moment of quiet, that moment, it mm. didn't have to be very long. No, it's no, just, it a split. It's just enough to remind yourself, I am okay. I am safe. Could that situation have gotten worse? Yeah. And it mm -hmm. probably would have had you not affirmed because it's your affirmation that creates your reality. Right. So if you wanted to feel safe in that moment, you claiming I'm safe, you telling the universe, telling your God, I'm safe. Mm -hmm. God's like, yes, you are. Right. You told me you're safe. But if you let that panic spiral, oh my gosh, I'm scared. And so this and this, this was going to happen. You open up opportunities for other situations to happen. Yeah. And that I'm is where it's... <laughs> It's you getting to be the creator of that right. experience, even when it's shitty, even when you're scared. It's especially in those moments. Right, right. Well, I'm gonna speak to a lot of like the, a lot of the the Nashville the the, the Nashville friends, especially guys, because th this is, it, it's so weird. Like when I share experiences like this with people that we've traveled around or that we've lived in community with, they look at me like what like what but <laughs> i i chuckled thinking about that because like the reality was i knew that i was wearing like a t-shirt and stretchy pants like in my head i was like yo this guy doesn't know that i'd i'd probably squeeze him out on the pavement in a heartbeat but again that's that's me being very boyish and not realizing like what if he had a weapon you know, what if, what if he had a weapon or what, what if that but dude's the, a bad dude too? At the same time, being the expert of your own experience mm -hmm. and real giving yourself credit yeah. for knowing. And again, this is like a weird situation because like, you know, violence, we don't want to, we don't want to like be telling people to go be violent. But at the same time is Corey has that experience. Being of, violent and defending yourselves are, are wildly different things. Right. Correct. And Correct. and that's kind of what I was speaking to some of the Nashville guys about. Like is like but people I had my murder PJs on, you know. <laughs> people don't know probably that you were a security guard. So your experience of being in security on Broadway opened your eyes to a lot of violence and a lot of, you know, having to be kind of on guard and, and watching and looking at body language and those those yeah. types of skills. And so and then being you around are, a lot of fighters, you you saw a, a, a control. It was controlled violence. It, it was this amazing, like razor thin edge of like, okay. Physicality is coming into play, but we cannot hurt anybody. 
Like hurt, we do not want to hurt anybody. Hurting people creates paperwork. This guy just doesn't get to call you a bitch. That is unacceptable. Like it was one of those things. Like no one was trying to hurt anybody. So like also changing those situations, like with that guy, like I would never would want to hurt yeah. anybody. But the idea that I have had to allowed me that second as well to be like, if something happens, you know what to do. Yeah. And if you don't know what, okay. <laughs> yeah. We and can learn. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay too. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's really, it is becoming the expert of your own experience because you knowing I've done this before. I know how to handle this situation. I, I recognize his body language. I recognize maybe there's a mental health issue. Like you, you only know that because you've done the work, the inner work on yourself to be able to learn your skills, right? Because I think what happens and what has happened to me is there's a lot of stuff I didn't think I knew, but I actually do know. And it took me having to understand and learn who I am to solidify those skills and be able to say that those are skills. Like, um, for example, communication is one. I have always been a fantastic communicator. I fucking love to talk. I love offering perspectives to other people. But it it was my lack of confidence before that didn't allow me to use that skill to the best of its ability. And it was because I was not the expert of my experience. I didn't know why I was a good communicator. I didn't know why I liked to communicate. Now, what I've done is the work on, well, of course, I was a bartender for 12 years. I, I literally am a life coach. I know how to speak to people. But it took me having to unpack those things, which was a lot. There was a lot of guilt, a lot of shame around being a bartender for a long time, which is also... <laughs> We could have a whole topic on that. Um, but it took me having to unpack that stuff to be able to actually allow myself to see those see those skills that I have as expertise. Yeah, and it comes yeah, yeah, from yeah. doing that work. And, um, and, and we have taught this to so many people along our journey. And this, in your own life, like... What experiences do you have? What are you good at? Why are you doing the things that you're doing? You know, like if you're in management, what is it about management that you like? You know, it, it gets, it's starting right there, right? Start where you are. Well, I, I'm in management and I love talking to people. I love doing the work on the computer. I love this, this, and this. I don't like this. Okay. Well, now that you know what you don't like, you can also switch and find out what you do like. Right. Make so, that short list. <laughs> yeah. So these are just the skills. These are just kind of the prompts to be able to help you in that moment. Okay, Corey, start where you are. I am safe. Right. Yep. Or on the other side, when you get home, typically... Mm -hmm. What was that? Yeah. That was fear. That was right. panic. Where did that come from? Wow, I felt really taken off guard. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, so it's both. Right. 
socially it's really unacceptable to run across the street and yell at another person's dog and like try to reach for the dog like there's a there's a lot of things that were straight red flags yeah. you know and yeah yeah and and coming back to grounding because we are so good at just like spilling and blah, 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 a million a million different things but grounding starting where you are to be honest i think the full circle moment is i need to ground into our teaching because i know i i know how powerful it is and i haven't allowed myself or allowed other people like really what's been happening is i haven't actually taught anybody i've just been i've just been working through it and then and writing on it and trying to tell people like okay don't do this don't do this try this this didn't work don't do that um where now it's like no 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 this is teachable it, it's time people are ready um for help because what has happened over the last year is our eyes have woken up to a lot a lot a lot a lot and here's here's the most amazing thing as far as the the waking the eyes up to what we're seeing. Cross cultures, cross states, cross sections of the country, cross people, cross colors. Cross um, religious beliefs, political affiliations, everything. Everybody is unpacking what they went through. Mm -hmm. Everyone that we're coming in contact with is wondering what is going on or what happened and they're willing to have the conversations mm -hmm. we are in restaurants hearing people talk politics yeah. i don't know about anyone else but i grew up in a spot where you didn't talk religion politics or money at the supper table and now i am a firm believer that there's only three things you talk about at the supper table <laughs> money religion and politics yeah. because they are what run this thing that we're walking through why wouldn't we want to understand what's controlling the the forward progress of a nation of peoples yeah a free nation of people <sighs> yeah man <laughs> you know? i mean yeah. that's actually yeah. you know what i don't we know we just watched <laughs> hamilton the other day if you if y'all haven't watched Hamilton, that's a damn good... That was the first time I saw it, and that was the most patriotic shit I've ever seen. Yeah. It, like, I stood up from that and was just like, man, whew, gave me chills. Yeah, it was pretty dang good. And it's funny because, actually, on 420 this year, Corey and I were out at uh, out in Lake Mead, and we were with our friends... Yeah, outside of Vegas. Caitlin and Evan. And, of course, it's 420. We were celebrating, like amazing we had a great fucking day but the day before that was pretty somber i don't remember i don't know if you remember that or not it was just kind of a dreary day mm. but then on 420 it was beautiful the sun was shining it was this electric energy and we both were walking around like dude this is the start of the revolution we're doing it and we were doing it simply by picking up trash right like it's not it's not this big it doesn't have to be this big thing but it starts where you are pick up your shit pick up someone else's shit like that was 
what we were experiencing of like, look, this is a revolutionary act because I don't want to do this. I don't want to pick up someone else's shit, but I'm willing to do that for them and for me and for everybody fucking else because this is a gorgeous country that has not... it. it places of it are getting shut down because of this, because of trash. And so to be on 420 when we are launching what we believe is going to change the world, <laughs> I will claim it. This journal is going to be fucking badass, is going to teach awareness through cannabis because cannabis has been the number one tool in our self-healing. And so now it's really interesting being out in a place where cannabis has been legal and it's there's a culture here and we've been surrounded in the Midwest without a culture, without a culture, assuming that we were bad people, feeling shame, feeling all these things for using. Yeah, little little did we know. All y'all closet smokers out there. Oh, shit. Get out of that you know, closet, uh, y'all. And, hey, closet smokers, I see you. You can, you. you can stay quiet for a bit. Like, we understand. Things are still tricky. And, you know, we got to pay some bills. And jobs are, are antsy. And and things are things are sketchy with that. So, like, I see you. Like, the, the, those closet smokers are out there. But drop your judgment. Yeah. Like, drop yours. Because that's cause... what happened with, like, actually, when we were at schoolie, that was the first time I had said to Corey, was like, okay, so, I want people to stop judging me for smoking pot. So, what I'm not going to do anymore is I'm not going to go and hide in my van when I want to smoke pot. And if that means that I have to have a conversation about why I have chose to have it in public, then I am willing to have that conversation because I don't want to judge myself and I don't want other people to judge me and they might still, mm -hmm. but I'm not judging me and I'm willing to have the conversation. I'm willing to say, look, I don't drink anymore. And here's why. And by the way, willing to go to jail for it. Yeah. Because with that being said, I 100% understand what my privilege is to be able to walk around and roll a joint in public and For then light sure. that up in public For sure. wherever I am, yep. wherever I am, because I know we've got friends that won't and can't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, that's also part of the more of the reason why, why we am. should. And, and that's can. why I am. Because we can, because we don't want our friends to have to hide. Freedom, that shit. baby. And I feel like we're literally, I'm, I'm feeling like. You said Hamilton, I got all patriotic again. But no, like this is, this, this conversation about cannabis though is also what has shaped so much of our teachings is that I don't need everyone to use it. I really don't need everyone to use it. You don't have to try it if you don't want, but I do want you to see how it can be used, how mm -hmm. it can be used beneficially, how it can be of service to your healing. At the same time, there is a big, big portion of the prohibition of cannabis that has been left out and that we aren't talking about yet and that people haven't learned about yet. And that is the piece that we are going to share 
the history while we're teaching awareness so that we can hold space for for people to work through what's going to come up because and kind of and kind of relearn there's a there's a section of relearning that is going not a section a a, a spot of relearning that's going to happen in ourselves when we kind of come to the come to grips with the fact that you know huh i feel like i've been lied to yeah you know, I, and again, I, I don't think marijuana is for everybody. No. And I think a lot of people can have adverse reactions and there's, there's things that need to be taken into account. Yes. And there is safe consumption rules and laws and regulations that definitely need to be in place so that people who are afraid know and can trust that when they go into a dispensary, that that person is going to tell them exactly what they should and need because they are the expert. I'm calling out dispensaries right now. I am calling you guys out. We've gone to dispensaries and five. I don't know. A lot. Five. A si lot of you know, states. Yeah. Plenty of states now. Um, from the deep south, which is South Florida. All the way to Arizona, Vegas, Oklahoma, California, Oklahoma. Illinois. Hey, Oklahoma, good for you, by the way. Uh, we're going to discuss some other things. But dispensary-wise, why aren't you telling people about what happened? Like California, like you, you've got a billion products, and I, I hear you. But the rest of the country doesn't know why it was illegal in the first place. It's been... It's been accepted so long out here that now people look at the culture that they have in their space and go, well, why can't everybody just be like us? They can't because they don't freaking know why. They and don't know why like, they should. They're 10 steps behind. They it, are 10 steps behind. They don't even, they, they still don't even know what the fuck CBD is. They've maybe bought CBD once, they used it once, and they haven't continued and, because they don't, they're not getting the education and, that's and, needed. And another traveler had said this to me. Um, he took the stance of, um, it is nobody's, mm. it is nobody's duty to educate anybody else. Mm. It is your own duty to educate yourself in your in your experience, um, I don't think he's wrong, but I think that removes all empathy from, from the equation. It removes all understanding of where someone else is coming from. You know, like, there's a lot of cultures that are getting that marijuana is a thing. And every state is discussing it, and our president's discussing it, and... The idea of what, where it came from, why it's even such a massive deal to be legalized is missed yeah. because they're all just saying, oh, we could use it for the tax money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you need to learn why it was illegal in the first place mm -hmm. because you might not be saying those same things. Yeah. You might. But you might. to circle it back, it goes back to the question that has led this book. If you are biased about cannabis, 
what else are you biased about? And it, it comes from the mm, fact dang. that we have been taught this specific to the cannabis conversation, right? We all had some type of dare program or um i know there was it was named something else on the west coast i don't know what it is so if you know let us know but um we had that experience and we were taught we were taught intentionally what they wanted us to know about cannabis and because of that we are still experiencing that we've met so many people where we're having conversations of um, I'm, I'm too afraid. I don't want to, I don't want to experience the munchies, I, the paranoia, the, the, um, th there's just so, there's so much, right? So if you're biased about cannabis, which we want to show people that as a collective, we are, we are, it was designed this way to have this bias about cannabis. Then what else are you biased about? Because that's your work to do. So you're exactly right. And I shared a story last night with our friends that um, ties directly to this. In high school, as you know, I was a hockey player. Um, I can't tell you how many ibuprofen I ate. And I mean ate. All the time. Yeah, so much. Um, through injuries, through concussions, um, through a tremendous amount of pain. Um Unfortunately, I had that piece of me that was fueled by the adrenaline of, of, of it at the time. And now that I'm looking at it, I remember when like CBD products came out and um, I made a comment to my mom. I was like, hey, maybe you should, maybe you guys should try this for grandma you know, and a comment got made, well, we don't know how it's going to mix with other medications. So we're not going to do that. And I said, if your doctor tells you not to take a CBD product because of another medication, you need to stop taking those medications. And I don't know that that's not medical advice that I should be giving by any yeah. means. But it was a reactionary statement to the idea of as a child, I was eating unchecked amounts of acetaminophen and Advil's and just pills. If CBD was a thing, would I be gobbling that up? Would I be using CBD instead? Probably. And then people made, um, made some comments like, well, what do you expect? Like we were told that only bad people do that. Only bad people use that, and this comes in a bottle in a store, so that's for good people. That rocked my world. And now that I'm unpacking the fact that I can't remember certain parts of my childhood, and I think it's a direct reflection of head injuries and uh, pharmaceuticals, that's terrifying. And to hear a narrative around... CBD products yeah. that is misunderstood. You need to be careful with your information. And the last year has shown us all that. Yeah. What information I see is not what you see. It's no secret. Yeah. Netflix will tell you, <laughs> you know, 
Google will tell you that. Reddit will tell you that. Go read a news article. If it smells bias, if it reads bias, it is. Yeah. And it's, it you is know? up to us. It is discernment. Yep. It's we have to learn and this to, is where... to discern and trust what we see um, and allow. And again, this is all part of this process. This you know? is where searching out your information is critical. But not knowing where to start or where to go with it, like when we're talking with, um, how do you expect to teach? Like, it's not anybody's responsibility, but it is. It's, but it's, it is. We're human. We're human together. It's our responsibility if you know better. And that is... Yeah. Hot. Hot. Don't touch. Hot. Yeah. Fire. Hot. Yeah. Don't touch. Yep. Wow. We started surviving longer as cavemen because we didn't let other cavemen touch fire. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think um, that that comment... When, when he said that about it's not our, it's no one's responsibility to teach you. Yeah, he's right. He can be right. But I don't feel that that's right either. I'm willing to teach. Some people aren't fucking willing and that's cool too. They don't have to be um, because that's not what their, what their role is here. But as someone whose role is to teach... It is really, really important. If you want to teach, you have to be doing this work yourself. You have to be understanding your own bias, your own emotions, differentiating between them, understanding them, unpacking the old, all of that shit. It's your responsibility. So yeah, no. Is it someone else's responsibility to teach you? No. It's your responsibility to want to learn and want to want to do it. I, as the teacher, am willing to teach, but still, that person mm, has to be has willing to, be willing yeah, to learn. So it's both. It's both of them. But where you're at right now probably is really shitty. It probably feels really shitty because where i'm at right now feels shitty <laughs> and i wrote a quote down yesterday that i was going to write a post about today so we'll we'll say it here um you're not doing it wrong you're just not going deep enough so your meditation practice maybe your prayers maybe your journaling you might be doing that and you're not doing it wrong. And you're not doing it wrong. It's that you are most likely remaining on the surface because the surface is safe. The surface is comfortable. And the process that we're teaching and what we are going to be teaching in this journal is going to help you get off the surface and get deeper. Because when you live in the surface level, yeah, you might you might feel okay there might be some good days some bad days like you might have a spike in emotion and then maybe you don't cry for another week or two and 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 that's cool if that's how how you want to live cry a week or two golly i can imagine people go years without crying yeah yeah that's you know because i did like I, I i had to learn how to cry yeah yeah you know like 
A week or two? Golly. Years. Yeah. I don't even know where I was going. I got... I Sorry. Got, feeling okay. feeling the emotion if it takes you... Like, oh, um, yeah, it's... If you're on that surface level of, well, I feel sad. Okay, well, you can just feel sad and and you can also just be done being sad, right? Like that's typically what would happen is you're sad. You might have, you might cry. You might have this emotion and then you... I'm not sad now. Yep. And then you might go on living your life and go on with your day. Um, The real work, the real work is when you're getting off the surface. It's going from... What was that? That's the surface. What was that? That was anger. So that, that just those two questions right there took you one from the surface and took you one step lower. To naming it. To naming it. Possibly which, for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it brings it closer to you. Question three, where did that come from? Has you now in your mind? Has you looking into your your subconscious, what's coming up? Where did that come from? Okay, that came from this memory, from this experience, from this, blah, 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 blah. Or showing you how to bl- how you are blaming it on your external. If you're going, where did that come from? And you're just, it's it came from him, and it came from her, and it came from that, and it came from this. Yeah. Well, you were there too. Yeah. Your insurance company would agree. Yeah. You know, take some, you got to take it. You yeah. have to take some of it. Well, and that's where set, that's where four comes in. This is the deep work. <laughs> this is the this is the one that hurts, but it's also the one that liberates, and that's the choice. Is you can live on the surface and you can remain sad, and that's okay. And you might be sad again. It might come up a few months later, and then you're probably in this continued cycle. But if you notice the sadness, hmm, where's that sadness coming from, and is it mine? Am I, am I holding on to this? Am I taking ownership of this sadness? Because if I am. I've got more work to do. <laughs> yeah. I've got more work to do. Why am I sad? What is the sadness about? Wash, rinse, and repeat. Yep. Go and again. you just continue doing this. And so, no, you're not doing it wrong. You're just not going deep enough. Because it's fucking scary and it's uncomfortable, super uncomfortable if you've never done this before. And even now, I just, the whole episode is about getting grounded. I had tears at the beginning of this episode because I'm recognizing my own fears of change, my own fear of the unknown. And I'm unpacking that as I go because if I don't, if I don't see it, because now what has happened is I brought it into my awareness. It's there. So I can either just live with it and continue to be like, well, I just am afraid of change. I'm afraid of the unknown. Or I can say, wow, this experience right now is really triggering something in me that is afraid of change and afraid of the unknown. What is it? Yeah. Where did it come from? Is it mine? Those those questions will now that I'm looking at it were probably the questions that allowed me enough space to learn how to cry. Mm. I, honestly, uh, I remember when we were going down to Key West 
we had just hit the seven mile bridge. We were almost to the island, right? And we were fighting going across that bridge. And I just remember this moment where I looked to my left and I looked to the right. Waters were blue. I was in my van. The dog was sleeping on the bed. On the Dixie Highway, too. <laughs> I know. On the Dixie Highway. <laughs> and a tear came to my eye. And I was like, why did I do that? I was like, ooh, it kind of feels nice, though. Like, I should probably try to feel that more. That feels decent. And all of a sudden, it was like happy tears. And maybe that was me getting older. The idea, like, just like being able to experience a happy cry. But when I felt that, I realized that when I needed to sad cry, it was okay, too. Yeah. And if I needed to cry, cry, it was totally fine. And I can cry in front of other people. And I can open up and cry staring someone in the now. face. Not now. Because I... my my insecurities around what tears meant, I let that shit go. I've I've tackled that piece where like now some those tears are how I show people. I am willing to accept whatever, like, I am open. I'm open to this. Yeah. Um, that took a hell of a lot of skill, but that, like, that spot where I learned it, it was just because I asked, like, what, why, like, where. And I think it was like a push from you being like, just let yourself feel it for once. Don't turn it off. Don't run from it. Don't be afraid of it. It's okay. If you're sad, be sad. Be sad. Feel the sadness. Mm -hmm. It's yours. It's for you to feel. And when you're in that, like, not the surface level sadness, right? Like, yes, if you're recognizing you're sad, that's great. But then that's when you drop in. Mm -hmm. It is physically, it is physically taking Whatever is going on in your brain, if you have a thought that's like, I'm sad, it is taking that thought and physically pulling it down into your heart space. And that is, that is something that I felt was missing from, from what I was learning was, how do I do this? Like, I hear you. I, I hear that you're saying, I'm sad. And I am fucking sad. <laughs> I am sad. What am I going to do about it? And now it has it is actually taking ownership of that sadness, dropping into your body, feeling the sadness in your body everywhere. Because wherever that sadness is, it needs to be noticed. It needs to be recognized because it is holding you back. It is holding you back. And I know it's holding you back because it has been holding me back for too damn long. And if it's happened to us, we know it's happening to others. And because we've been traveling, we've been meeting so many people who are, who are doing this work. Who are doing this work trying to liberate themselves from these emotions that we never learned how to 
function with. We never learned how to differentiate between. They taught us how to be good workers. They didn't teach us how to be functioning feelers. humans. Or feelers. And we yeah. are feelers. We are here to have these experiences. And when you're, when you know that and you're actually experiencing your emotions on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, it, it changes the way that you operate in this world. Yeah. It changes everything. And it gets to be easier. It gets to be so much easier than than where you're at currently. And, and this is coming from years of doing it the hard way. Doing it and feeling uncomfortable and feeling like I was doing it wrong and not knowing how to do it right and not knowing what right is. And there is no right or wrong way. The modality of how you decide to do this is irrelevant. I don't give a shit how and who you're, who you're praying to. It is your God. It's not my God. It's not Corey's God. It's not anybody else's. It's yours and it's yourself that you need to connect with. It's not someone else. No one has your answers. You have them. Stop looking outside of yourself for them. And if this... Go ahead. Sorry. Who's going to no, it, I'll let you finish and I'll, I'll close. I... If this is... If you're in it. If you are currently in it. This is where I was going. We see you. We know you. We recognize you. We are you. Oh. We are you, which is why we know how to help. And I have made that promise of making coaching affordable and accessible for anybody and everybody that needs it. The Altered Journal is coming out very soon. And we're about to be taking pre-orders. We're really excited about it. But also... Let us help. Tell us what you need. Let us hold space for you as you're working through this because that's really... And if you don't know that's what you need is space to work through this, that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Just so you know, there's, there's the trick. We are here to hold space for you to feel and work through whatever you are working through and feeling. With that being said... Levels of sadness, um, we can nobody nobody can tell you what your level is, um, and we know there it's all over it's all over the place. And this last year has been hard, and um, there's no secret that mental health um, is a it's a very scary thing. If you are having issues, if your sadness is just something you cannot break through, if there's wherever you're at, please make a phone call. You know, professional help is there for a reason. Please, please, you know, you if, if you don't have the money, that we can, we can find ways there are always ways if it's about money. There are people that have money that don't want to see you sad. 
or they don't want they don't want the the outcome that has been so long in the forefront of what we're being told about our mental health currently you know so please if if you're going if you're going through it if you're trudging through it right now feel free to reach out to us to me to Shauna to anybody in your circle there's plenty of hotlines out there and they're there for a reason we'll throw the hotline in um um in the notes of this episode as well um and, and just remember that you are loved and you are needed and there's nothing wrong with you ever there is nothing wrong with you and that was one of the hardest lessons i had to learn is that there is nothing wrong with you and you are enough and you deserve and you get to be here you get to be here you're here and you get you're, to have you're here it's 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 you're here. You, you, you don't just get to be here. You are. Yeah. And we, it's no secret. We get one shot. There's no practice run at this shit. Yeah. There's no practice run. And, you know, there's... Man, just saying mental health just like throws a knot in my throat and trying to open that up and speak about it is gut-wrenching to me because I'm I'm also fearful of like pushing people too far and not understanding what that is because my limit of how far I'm willing to go might not be somebody else's yeah with that being said like make phone calls first those phones are, uh, they can destroy us and they're a beautiful tool, but, you know, we don't get a second chance at this. And you don't have to do it alone. And I think that's a big piece to this is that we believe that we do. And we believe that we're alone and we believe that we have to be strong and we have to you know, not share our emotions and not share our struggles and our experiences because we have to be fucking strong. Or we don't want to ruin someone's day. <laughs> and you're not going to ruin someone's day. You're, there are people who are experts at this. And, and I feel like an expert at holding space for people to work through what they need to work through. And it's why we're doing what we're doing. We um, are launching a monthly... Uh, membership program if that's something that you're interested we're going to do a monthly um, we're calling it sacred space we're going to do some coaching we'll do guided meditation intention setting um, teaching you how to actually create sacred space within yourself um, the altar within um, allowing you to be able to do this at home you don't need a guru you don't need someone to do it but also, it's enjoyable doing it with someone else. It's $11 if you want to do it with us uh, this month. It's on Friday at 6. Um, and from that, it will be on the second of every month moving forward. Um, $11 for one month, $101 for the full year. Um, 
And if you do the 101 option, you'll also be able to bring a friend with you um, to their first sacred space um, so that you can introduce it to them and invite someone who really could use someone um, holding space for them. Um, with that, we want you to know that you're loved. And we hope that these episodes are bringing you um, at least some guidance to help where you're at right now. And um, while we finish up this journal, um, just help us help you. Like, what do you need and, and in what ways are you currently struggling? Um, what's coming up so that we can um, bring that to light and also allow... Um, I'm guessing that if something's coming up for you, it's most likely not just about you and not just for you. It's for everybody. Um, can, can I close on a real, like, open sharing about this? Yeah. I just realized that staring at this red light on our mic and the, the like, I feel so selfish recording myself sometimes because I know in, like, my true heart of hearts, if I go deep enough, this is me practicing my vulnerability. It's not live. We get the choice to put it out or not. And we always do. But being able to do that, it has forced me to stay a little bit more uncomfortable. But the amount of growth that's happened from just talking my feelings out loud, holy cow. Like, I could not be more thankful for the opportunity to have another person listening. I know I have one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I know I got you. But just being able to work through this stuff out loud like holy cow the the lessons we pull for sure but anyway y'all thank you so much we love you guys love y'all we'll as see. always we'll see you next week hey y'all thanks for joining us for another episode of the us first that podcast if you want to support our work and future endeavors head over to www.patreon.com slash us first that We'll see y'all next time.